Welcome back to the Meet Us in Paris podcast. I'm Kristen, and this is the podcast about all things travel. Be it food, what to pack for your next trip, or general culture, intellectual curiosity, etc. With me today is my co-host, Tanya. Hello there. You sound stuffed up. It's great to be here. But thank you, Kristen. Tis the season. season. And you can also hear my other co-host, Zen, here. Yes, I am. I'm actually getting over kind of my cold. So we delayed one recording because of me, but you're just soldiering on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Zen sold me down the river. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Zen if I let him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, starting out today, Zen has informed me that today's podcast is our 200th. Okay. Actually, you know, it's funny when I was talking about this i was i started the recount and this is actually our 201st we missed our 200 (laughs) you know you know how like the the millennium starts at 1201 or whatever yeah our our celebration can start at 201 yes Yes. (laughs) time has passed and i guess i've been in about what, 170? I joined not too long after you started. Yeah, maybe even oh. more. It could be even more. That's crazy. I think then yeah. you last told me I was like in 19. It feels like absolutely nothing in comparison to you. Well, you know what? I think yeah. really you've been on 20 just because I miscounted two, 201. Right. So, so you, at least at least 20. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, I've been on... Well, if this is 200 first, I've been on only 200. Only? Yeah. And then, and, and even though I'm a little bit of a pre-Madonna, I wasn't in on one because we did a Women's Travelers episode. Oh, when you weren't on that one. I remember that one. That one was great. That was one of my favorite ones. I was listening. It was a good one. We should do another one of it. You were so. a lurker. Yeah. So the topic was great. Yeah, the topic was fine, but you know. That was fav- my favorite because you weren't there. Oh! oh. <laughs> oh. What did you do to her? Oh! About, about Zen, no Zen today. What's up with that? I would <laughs> never. Zen, Zen's our like fearless leader. Oh. <laughs> I don't know where we'd be without him. Oh, well, anyway. Well, uh, we wanted to let you guys know, our listeners, that uh, thanks for tuning in, for taking the time every week to listen we have so much fun doing this and really we really do and um it's highlight of the week for us and we're looking forward to putting together another 201 shows (laughs) (laughs) yes and not a one more only 201 yeah yeah well yeah yeah enough reminiscing we've got a podcast to put on today so once upon a time george carlin said house is just a place to keep your stuff while you go out and get more stuff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I probably said it better than I did, but you get it. Um, and we'll be honest, we all kind of resemble that. Our houses are small memory tributes to the places that we visited and personal memory palaces to the things that we've done. So today we'd like to share with you a few items that our travels, uh, our travels consist of. Before we start, a quick message from our sponsor. Meet Us in Paris is sponsored by the University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education. Do you have an educational goal? At UCI DCE, we're here to help. With over 60 certificate programs available, we've helped over a quarter million students reach their goals, and we can help you reach yours too. 
You can find us at ce.uci.edu. Dream big. Take risks. Be amazing. And before we start, I do want to mention thank you to our past hosts who have been in the past. And maybe we can drag them back on again yeah. um, in the future. Um, it's Michelle who started Ooh. us out, um, helped us launch. Katharina and yeah. Emily. All yeah. awesome. They were. I had good times with all three of them. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So They were all in marketing then, right? With the Yeah. The- it- okay. Yeah, all at one point or another in our, our uh, the marketing team because we're we're all overly vivacious. I think that's why <laughs> we we talk too much. But um, now, obviously, we have too much stuff around the world uh, to go through today. I'm assuming everyone's. I know we talked about this in the past, so we came up with three types of things that we've brought back to share with everybody. So the first one will be the most expensive thing that you brought back from a trip. Number two, the most awesome thing that you brought back. And number three, the most ridiculous thing you brought back from a trip. So starting out, the most expensive thing I've ever brought back with me from a trip is my wife. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. (laughs) She's expensive. I mean, Uh, I need some context here. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, it's just like, no, come on. You don't get the joke. She's just, she spends Uh money. Never mind. Uh (laughs) Luckily, she doesn't listen to the podcast, right? It would get really expensive with a divorce. But um, actually, but the the most expensive thing I've ever brought back from a trip is um, one of two things. I can't remember which, but I'll say it's either I actually brought back one time a real Monte Cristo Ultrafino Panama hat. Oh, nice. And I don't know if you know what those are, but they're beautifully hand-woven straw hats and if you have a good one it could have up to up to a thousand weaves per square inch or something like that but mine only has something like three to four hundred which is still a very very nice tight hat Mm -hmm. um i bought it when i was getting my wife and i went to hawaii to be married and we stayed at a hotel and they had a shop that sold these hats and i always wanted one I had never seen one in my whole life. And I said, I want one of these. And to help me, you know, it's just like, this is something I can remember our marriage, you know, like just a wedding, um, a wedding thing that I, whenever I wear the hat, it reminds me of the times we spent on our honeymoon. So I love that hat. So, and I still have it. It's, it's over 20 years old. The other thing is that the number of people make these things um, it grows less every year because it takes a lot of skill. It's very hard to do, and they don't often don't get paid very well. So it's kind of becoming a lost art. Um, but if you look it up, it's just it's just they're just amazingly beautiful hand woven straw hats that can be worn with shorts or they could be worn with a suit. Um, and the second thing is. I've mentioned that, and I mentioned this one before, I'm a fountain pen collector. And um, I, one of the, my holy grail pens was, there's pens that are handmade in Japan. And um, so I've been wanting one of the pens for something like 25 years. 
and the first time I went to Japan, um, I went and actually looked for where these were being made. And they're made by um, a bunch of craftsmen who made fountain pens for this. I believe it's a sailor fountain pen company. And when they retired, um, you know, they were just retired. And, you know, I think the owner or CEO of Sailor said, you know, all these guys kind of want to work because they miss working at the factory. Why don't we start up a small boutique pen company and start hand making pens because they now they're all made by machine. So all these gentlemen in the retirement, you know, it's their passion making pens and they made this beautiful pen. Um, and it takes mine takes like a month to make because they put like a layer of lacquer on it and it takes a day to dry. Then they polish it and put another layer and another layer and they put multiple layers of lacquer on it and it's beautiful and they never get a chance to use it anymore. But those are my two most expensive things I've ever brought back from a trip. That's crazy. I would love to see um, both. Maybe um, maybe the, the Panama hat you could wear and you could put it on Facebook. Yeah, why well, have I never seen you wear it? That would be really cool to do. You know, it's I'm always worried. I mean, it's kind of funny because I don't mind going out somewhere to wear it, but I'm always afraid to put it down. Like, because people will grab it and put it on or they'll fold it. I mean, it's it's yeah, kind of... People will just grab it and understand the, what exactly it is and appreciate. Right, right. Something would happen. Yeah. yeah, I've seen people kind of, like, I've put it down before and people, oh, this is, what, what kind of hat is it? You know, and they just handle it poorly. Oh. And, and the problem is that it's, as they age, they can get a little bit of brittle. So I'm just a little bit concerned, but I just wear it like I'll go out for a walk or something like that. I'll bring it in. They're, they're really both beautiful things. So, yes, that is cool. Okay. So I'm, uh, so let's see what I wanted to share is probably the most expensive thing is you, you all know, I love books. And so one of my, um, my dad's uncle was a historian in Colombia in a small town. He studied in Spain and then went to go live in Colombia. He had a museum. He did a lot of writing. And then there's this one book he wrote. It's like a history book of, of the town <clears throat> that was lost. And I have been digging, trying to figure out, found it. But then it was like on um, kind of like a, like a Craigslist, but of Latin America. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend find it ship it to Argentina, and then me bring it back home the last time I came. So um, I probably paid way more than I needed to, but it had its, you know, kind of sentimental value. And it, and, it's, and when I brought it back, it's like you have it on the plane. It's like you're taking care of it. It's like sitting on a bookshelf yeah. um, that no one can touch it <laughs> kind of a thing. Um, he wrote it like in 1952. And I think the coolest thing is that it was published by one of the uh, UCs and I, I didn't know that until I got the book. So that was really cool. Um, and I'm trying to remember how long ago I got it, but it was something I would normally not pay. So it had sentimental value and, and it's really cool. I just found it again the other day because we were cleaning and I'm like, oh, there it is again. So anyway, that's mine. It's not as exciting as your Panama hat, but. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's pretty exciting. It's really cool. I really love history. So, you know, it's like, 
whatever. So it's fun. That's mine. We'll we'll all bring in our stuff and we'll make a pile of it and take a photo. And then no one can touch it. Right? <laughs> yeah, or no one can touch it. Yeah. No one can touch anything. Just look at it. <laughs> That's good. And then what else? And then I think um well, I think it's back to you. I mean it's, yeah, Kristen. Yeah. So um <laughs> I'm I'm interpreting the expensive thing maybe in a new way. So uh I still cringe and have like traumatic um ptsd when i remember this but here goes <laughs> it's not that bad but it felt bad because i'm a little wuss but um when i went to india it was really at that point the most exotic place i had ever been and i was all by myself so i went for work and I was doing a tour. So I actually ended up making friends and being with people the rest of the time. But that very first day we hadn't had an event yet, hadn't met anyone. And I'm feeling so brave. So I go wandering out by myself and um, someone, I go to like this nearby temple and the guy there, they all work together as I find out, which is fine. Um, He kind of hooks me up with like a tuk-tuk driver to show me around. And the tuk-tuk driver takes me to a lot of the sites. Um, this is in Chennai. And at the end, he, I didn't ask for any of this. I think I was even like, Hey, I'm ready to go home. Take me to my hotel. And he insists on making a stop and he takes me to like a shop. It's like a, um, a souvenir shop. It's just like pretty random. And I remember there were other like foreigners coming out as I was coming in. Um, and it was a really nice shop. Um, Mm -hmm especially like for India where you could have these like beautiful buildings right next to very ramshackle, like dilapidated ones. And so it was nice. And I just remember feeling very obligated. Like I have to walk in now and I have to pretend like I like things and I have to look around and do this whole song and dance. And I'm so uncomfortable. Um, And the shop wasn't bad. So I'm like, okay, I'll get a few things like, you know, just whatever. And they did have very nice, like, precious metals and jewels and I'm like I need none of this stuff I got like this little bag of tea I got um this scarf very like basic silk scarf for my mother-in-law and then this little wooden carved figure of Ganesh who's like the Indian god these are things that if you were to see them at a stall or at the airport, I could have gotten them all for ten dollars in like a western country so in India like like technically some of these real prices would have been a lot cheaper. Like if you, you know, were local and I'm happy to pay like the premium for it. It's fine, whatever. And this is like, I'm so uncomfortable. There's no one else in there. Finally, I'm like, Hey, this is what I want. Just like pay and go. I'm ready to like be done with this. And it was my first day. I had not at all worked out um, the currency rate. Yes. Rupees or whatever. And he says something, and I just, I still remember this guy, and he just seemed kind of like, I didn't have a good feeling, like he was going to take advantage of me, like from from the beginning. Um, And he says something, and I remember thinking, like, I know this is a culture that bargains, but I'm also in, like, a legitimate store. So to me, I felt like you bargain at, like, the markets or whatever. And I was just kind of like okay, I don't even want to deal with this. I'm uncomfortable bargaining. It's never been a part of what I've like done. Right. Um, home. I was like, this sounds kind of high, but there's no way. There's no way that this stuff will be that expensive. So let's just pay and be done with it. So I just like give him the money and we go. And as soon as I get back to my hotel room, 
I do it all. And I realized I had spent over $80. Oh. <laughs> I, I was so upset. I was crying. I just felt so defeated. And so oh. like, I was so mad and everything else. And I remember calling my husband and crying and he Venmoed me $80 to make me feel better. <laughs> That's I so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, by the time I was home, I was able to laugh about it. So this bag of tea that I had, I had wanted to give to my friend, I like give it to her this whole presentation. I was like, this is the most expensive tea you will ever drink in your life, all this stuff. And it's just like clearly a normal little bag. And I was like, it's probably worth a dollar, but I spent about, let's say it was 75. <laughs> and it, and it was Lipton's, you know? Yeah, know. probably. Probably. <laughs> So I had this whole speech for her and I was like, please cherish this tea because it was very expensive in the end. So she actually had her own funny story about overpaying for something. So we had a good laugh about it, but those literally were probably some of the most expensive things I ever bought because I don't go buying very expensive things when I travel. I like little knickknacks and stuff. So, you know, yeah, I mean, probably all have that story um, <laughs> of overpaying and I, I'm the kind, I don't want to haggle either. I don't want to just, what's the price? I'll buy it. Go. Yes, well, you get you get dinged, but it's just so. I'm hard. happy to pay a premium because normally in those cultures, like they they can use it more than I can. That's how I see too. But exactly. there's a limit, and I cried. <laughs> <laughs> Little did you know, actually, they make more money than you do. Right? Yeah. After all, exactly. Yeah. After all that. <laughs> ah. But I still have that little wooden Ganesh statue, and it is a serves it as a reminder <laughs> to me. <laughs> so yeah oh boy so let's go on to the awesome thing you brought back and this is you zen oh no <laughs> I, I was supposed to think of these things right ahead of time yeah, uh, yeah. um <clears throat> what's the most awesome thing i brought back i can go if you don't have it yeah go ahead and i'll, I'll come up with one quick i'm right. sure because <laughs> i did think of that the first one was when i was hard for me um so when I got married in Argentina, someone gave us a present of these fused glass, um, kind of as a wedding present. It was like this, it's, they get the glass in between it, they put some like um, ground, like copper or ground, different metals like that. And then they put them in a kiln and these amazing bubbles and great colors come out of it. And for some reason, we just, I just fell in love with it. We ended up bringing back like a box again on the plane of all these great like coasters and wind chimes and just different things that that are just pretty like um turquoise color kind of like beachy looking and i decided or my husband and i decided i'm gonna sell these and um. so i came back and i went I, we lived in belmont shores in long beach at the time and i went to one of the stores i sold the whole thing just that first one time that I went and that became a business and we had started bringing importing hand glass uh, handmade glass from Argentina and we lived off of that for like two years we did nice. you know trade shows <clears throat> we sold to like the Marriott airports we sold at whoa nice at it was really oh, great it was like the strangest like this this thing we did it for like after two years and then it was like, okay, we're done. We got really tired. It was like we either had to bring it up even more to, to really create, make it to the next level. 
but it was really hard to make something handmade that they had like a shop. We had people importing all that and make it into such a big thing because it's handmade. You can't do like an assembly. Yeah. Scaling. Scaling is hard. Yeah. It was just, we ended up doing like, well, this is the size. We did some, some um, kind of consistency and looks, but then it stopped being handmade, like original, right? So anyway, it was one of the best experience. I worked so hard. Um, but that was to me like really almost like um, transformational for us. Uh, it was an amazing experience. So just that one, those items that we brought back became this really awesome thing in our lives. So wow. like, oh, yeah, we still have lots of them still around um, like boxes that I just didn't want to do anything with and they're still there. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you know, but, um, it's fun. So that was, that was um, like my awesome thing. I like it. Yeah. I don't think I've ever told you that story. No, that was a first. Yeah. No, I haven't heard that one. You know, I would say, I'm not sure. It, it, to me, I think it's really awesome. But um, I have a bunch of hand-woven, um, I don't know if they're banana leaf uh, baskets or some kind of leaf baskets. I love all that stuff. And, you know, I guess my wife and I, actually, this comes from our honeymoon, too, is that we were just cutting through Hawaii on our way from, well, we got married in Hawaii and spent a few days in Hawaii. And then we ended up going to um, Hong Kong that year, Hong Kong and tai Taiwan that year. And, um, but we were, we're in Hawaii and there's all these like small, just craftsmen and stuff like that. And there was a bunch of them just hand making um baskets and bowls and all sorts of different things roses out of um palm leaves i don't know maybe they're a palm leaf or a oh, banana leaf yeah. or something like that and we have this bowl that's probably about 12 inches wide and it's it's curved and you know we have it 20 years later and it's this beautiful little just hand woven bowl and when we bought it he was weaving it as we're there it was green, and as time went by, it, it's now become like a pale yellow color as the uh -huh. leaves had dried. But I put stuff in it. You know, you just put whatever you want in it. And it's, it's it's just something I just remember being married. Uh, when we got married, we brought it back with. But I just really thought it was interesting was that, you know, here's all these guys just on the side of the road and hand-making these things. And, like, that's awesome. That is um, really cool. Again, I yeah. would like to see that too. Yeah, the, the other, after this. it was kind of a pain in the butt to bring back. Exactly. I mean, and it was only a couple bucks too. It was a pain in the butt to make, but the thing is, I mean, bring back because it's a round bowl. So I, you know, had to fill it with socks and underwear or something like that to get it to fit in my suitcase. <laughs> you know, and yeah. oh, and I know the second one is I was in a um, night market in. I'm thinking it's Taipei and there was this one guy. So we we're walking around and of course they have, if you've ever been in a night market around the world, they're just wonderful between the smells of the food and the, and the little shops and the things that the people are making. But there's this one guy who had this, have you ever seen a magician's suitcase where they have, it looks like a briefcase. They walk up and they kind of slap down and there's legs underneath it. Yes. No, I've never seen a magician. Yeah. So it's essentially it's it's a it's it's like a briefcase that they carry around, and then they just 
put it they put it the briefcase horizontally midair and then they have some legs that are built into it so it's like legs that come down and then you open up the briefcase and then the briefcase is your little storefront uh-huh. and and this guy had this little briefcase and it had he, i don't know if it was handmade but it's this briefcase that opened up and then it had two side things and um i think he has a couple led lights lighting it up and what they were they were filled with is little leather bracelets and and the whole thing was filled with little leather leather bracelets and you know everyone's seen little leather bracelets but the guy was hand weaving them on the street so he had all the extra materials on the side and as people were coming by and buying them and they were like two bucks a piece these hand and everyone was unique and everyone was different and each one had a different pattern he was hand weaving more and throwing them into (laughs) into the uh, little briefcase to sell to sell so there as he's making them he's selling them and i have a bunch that i wear on my wrist too how interesting was he selling them fast yeah, I mean, he was selling them pretty quick. He could, he was whipping them out once every two or three minutes. You wow. Know, like, you know, and they're different colors and they're different. Some of them had five strands of leather. Some had three strands. Some of them were woven. Some of them were, and they were all just different patterns with some beads and some without. And I just got a couple simple ones. And I was just like, well, how much is it? And it's just like two bucks a piece. You know, we and we grabbed a handful, but it's just like, but that's what he was doing. But you know, if he's selling once every couple min, one or every couple minutes, you know, he can make a fairly good amount of money even selling them at two bucks because he's making it himself with you know. And they were pretty right. raw materials, you know, just yeah. leftover leather from somewhere. Wow, smart. Yeah. And where was that? You said Taipei. Taipei in a night market. Yeah, and it was just like he was standing there, kind of like in the middle of the road was this thing, you know, like. It's not like you. Know, most of the vendors have these ten by ten areas, or they have these roll up booths or whatever. Just out of this little tiny briefcase, he was selling all this stuff out of. Wow, interesting. Yeah, very cool stories. <laughs> I just collect weird experiences. I think I like to go see. I'd like to see the world, right? So that's why we do it. Yeah, that's true. Explore and experience. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So what's your awesome thing, Christian? I guess that's kind of similar, actually. Um, You guys probably are familiar with, um, I know it from Panama, but I think it seems like kind of a very popular style of like Central and Northern South America of that kind of like the fabrics that and the like super bright colored like embroidery kind of thing i'm not explaining it well but (laughs) basically in panama to market someone was they were hand like making these like just little like eight by ten or five by seven squares of fabric that were different designs on them and they're they're beautiful they're usually like black and then the they're super like almost neon colors that they create the the picture with um and i remember reading about it and it's some kind of like inverse embroidery where it's like if you look at the fabric like it's it's black with the bright color design but if you turn it over there are layers and layers and layers of the different color fabric that they then like stitch through the negative space or something like that um 
But that day, my friend and I had been on a, we went on a hike and at the very top, we happened to see like a wild toucan. So it was like a toucan in the flesh. It was in the tree above us. And it just sat there like picking berries off and eating. And we were like mesmerized by it. Um, because for us, we only see toucans in the zoo. And that's only like, if you're lucky that the toucan is showing himself that day, you know, like when, when you're at the zoo and if you can spot him. And this was just a wild one in his home. And he flew to the tree right above us. And we watched him eating his berries and we loved it. And so I bought um, at the market a little, it was a little felt like stitching of a toucan. Mm-hmm. This is it's very beautiful. And I actually um, framed it and put it on a gallery wall that we have at home. Um, and to me, it's like, it's so, it's such a staple. Like it's so obviously like the art of like Central and South America. Like it's so distinguishable to me. And I just find it very beautiful with the colors and everything. And every time I see it, especially the toucan, I remember that special day. And I just think that specific like the cloth and what they do with it is just so fascinating and beautiful and it seems like something you can only get from that region of the world so i always really loved it nice that's all yeah Yeah. (laughs) awesome for me (laughs) that's funny yeah my next one's about a bird but i'll let um oh that's the most ridiculous thing you brought back Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh well i'm kind of intrigued and ready to hear yours (laughs) Zen, do you want me to jump ahead? Yeah, because I'm supposed to be preparing when everyone talks, and okay. I've, I've been I've been listening too much and not thinking ahead enough. Stop okay, listening. Okay. All right, so I'll go I'll go with the bird okay. story then. So um, I um, again, when, for some reason, these are like 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 in places I always go to, like Colombia. So I went to go visit some cousins, and I hadn't seen them in forever. So it was it's the kind that you don't see, but you're like back to being like a kid, a child when you're little. So we like giggled and laughed and we went around walking around and she introduced me to this one um, artist in the town who um, had lots of colorful, beautiful art. Um, I was just like mesmerized. I walked into almost like to a candy store and then I saw this ceramic chicken that had all kinds of colors, but it was a just... Chicken. It was, when you said bird, I was thinking maybe like a parrot or a parakeet, but a chicken. It's a chicken. <laughs> and for some reason, I just loved it. It was bright and had all kinds of colors. It, it's like, it just, I just fell in love with the chicken. And, you know, that might have been something that I probably paid way too much. I don't remember because I remember coming home and my husband's like, you paid what for this? <laughs> So I came home. I mean, she had to like wrap it a certain way. I had to bring it a special way in the, in the on the plane. It's probably like the size of a toaster, like a, or like, like a large toaster. So it's like kind of a square looking, but it's a round chicken anyway. So I do come home and I put it in the middle of the table. I'm thrilled, and as time goes by, it's like looking uglier and uglier, <laughs> and it's a really ugly looking chicken. <laughs> But now it's grown on me because it's just so ugly. And I'm like, what the heck was wrong with me? Like, it's the weirdest thing. And, um, but I'm like, now I can't get rid of it because it was such a hassle to bring. And I'm thinking, can you imagine half the town laughing at me? We, we sold the chicken. Remember that ugly chicken? Some dumb person who lives in the United States loved it. Anyway, so, and it's still right now on my table because it's so ugly. I love it. Anyway. That was the most ridiculous thing, at least that I can think of, my poor old ugly chicken, which I love. Aww. I love my ugly chicken. 
I laugh just thinking about it. That is hilarious. Anyway, this it, you know, yours sounds a little bit more more up there, Kristen. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Okay, okay, I get I got mine. So of that, I'm sure you had. <laughs> I mean, the the thing is that when we talk I mean, these aren't I guess they're all souvenirs, but it doesn't necessarily have to have any value. Yeah. And, and actually, you know, this is strange. I think all three of all three of these occurred during my honeymoon. My my honeymoon <laughs> was very exciting and yeah. all kinds of things have happened. Yeah. So um I have mentioned this before was that um during my honeymoon I was not allowed to go into Hong Kong. Um I was okay. denied to go because my 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 passport expired. Oh. <laughs> but um that's another story. Um the so we went to um on the way wait, were we going to Hong Kong or Taiwan first? I can't remember where we're going um, but we were flying from the United States and actually this might be another trip, but um, we were going to Taipei and as we're going to Taipei, um, we're in a 747 and we hit lots of headwinds and we were in one of the older 747s that didn't hold as much fuel as some of the newer ones and it wasn't as efficient as some of the newer 747s. And so they said, hey, we're going to have to take a short break and we're going to have to fly into Tokyo and um, to refuel. So they drop the plane off into Tokyo and my wife and I are stuck in the airport for like six to eight hours and we're not allowed out of the international terminal oh, in just this no. small area. We got no food. We have no Japanese money. We've got nothing. And we're sitting there and we're like getting hungry and we don't know what to do. There's no cafeteria nearby. And then, um, and I said, "Hey, give me, give me a second. I, I think I got an idea." And we see all these vending machines. They, and, but at this time, they don't take like credit cards. We don't, you know, how do we get money? So, I take off, and my, and I come back to my wife, and I got like a whole armful of different drinks and food and snacks out of the vending machine. And she's like how did you do that? And I'm like, well, you know, I went to the souvenir shop and I said, you know what? Since we're in an international airport, almost always they'll give you, you can spend American money, but they'll give you the change in the local currency. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I dropped off of 50 bucks and I got, I don't know, something super small from, and so I got all small change and I went to all the vending machines and I just put money into them and I start punching all the buttons. And I came back with all the stuff. And so, like, I would hand her a drink and she goes, What is this? It's like, No freaking idea. <laughs> she, it's like, Just open it up and drink it. She opened it up. It's like, Nope, put it down. <laughs> drink the next one. Nope, put it down. Third one's like, I can drink this one. And so we got all this food and candies and stuff like that. And it was so funny because half of them she didn't like, half of them I liked. You know, so like, she, they were like wheat teas, so it's like she didn't like it. It's like, I'll drink it. Not a big deal. It's food. But we got all this candy and stuff, and I didn't know what they were. And it turned out some of these candies ended up being my wife's favorite candies. Like wow. like these little chocolate, I mean, these little cookies with chocolate on them and all, you know, like all sorts of little tiny things. We still don't know what they are to this day. <laughs> 
But here's the souvenir. It was so memorable. I kept all the boxes and I put them in our wedding album. Oh, that's cute. You know, just so I cut up all these little boxes. I kept, and it's kind of absurd, right? I took all these boxes from candies and cookies and stuff like that. And I shoved them into her. But every time I look at that, I just laugh and it, Oh, it was our wedding because it went into our wedding anniversary album. Anyway, so I look at that, and every time I see that, it reminds me about the experience where we were stuck in the Japanese airport together. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, but if anyone else, you know, they're going through our wedding album, it's like, why do you have all these cookies, (laughs) cookie wrappers in there? You know, so (sighs) that's cute. That's cool. Let's see. Um. Is that it? Are we done? I haven't talked about the most ridiculous thing I brought back. Oh, I'm sorry. Please tell us. <laughs> That's okay. It's quick and to the point. I brought back a reindeer hide from Finland. The whole reindeer or part of a reindeer? or A reindeer hide. So it's not as crazy as it sounds, but um, it was actually in the airport when I landed. I saw there was a store in the airport and they were selling reindeer hide rugs. And it's kind of like what, if you saw like a, a fancy wooden tavern, like where Gaston, you know, Beauty and the Beast would drink. And there's like um, a rug, uh, an animal skin rug on the floor, you know, it kind of is like that. Right. Um, but these were, I mean, they were also like a white and gray color. So I thought they were very beautiful. They weren't like brown, like what you, I feel like, what you normally see and I remember eyeing them being like those are so cool like I really I'm like really into that um and I didn't do anything about it and I had a it was a conference in Helsinki that week and I couldn't stop thinking about it and I was like you know what when I go back if they're still in the airport I'm going to buy one and they were and they were about 100 euro too actually so they and they were like genuine reindeer hide all this stuff whatever and what was they they roll it up and they put it in this bag that has um, strings on it. It was like an, a quiver. If you had like a bow and quiver, that's like what the this bag was. So I like wore it slung over me with like my quiver of arrows, aka my reindeer hide on the back. And I had to transport it everywhere with me on the flight home. And um, the first thing was when I landed, I had a layover in Chicago. And in the United States, you have to go through customs again. And there was a thing that said, if you have any animal products, you need to go on this line. Oh, no. And I was just like, I must have sat there for like 10 minutes being like, it is a genuine reindeer hide. But like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I like go in that line, which by the way, in the end was smarter because there was like nobody in that line. So I got there like immediately. But I was like, I have a reindeer hide in here. And he was like, what? And I was like, um, you oh, know, and I like, opened it and he's like, oh, I thought you like went hunting and shot. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I, was like, I don't even know if this counts, but, but it is a reindeer hide. He's like, no, you're fine. Just go through. So, I mean, it ended up being totally fine. And then what's, um, what was really funny was when, um, when I was gathering it and getting off the plane too, a woman who sounded like she was finished, she saw I had bought that and she's like, oh, those are so wonderful. Um, she's like, and they're so easy to clean. All you have to do is throw them out in the snow, let them freeze, and then you like bang them off or something. And <laughs> I, I like wasn't even listening, so I was like, "Oh, great, yeah." And I'm like, "She has no idea. I'm going back to Southern California, like where I'll never like even throw it out in the snow or something." 
But like, I was like, oh, that's so perfect. Like, of course, like if you live somewhere where you have reindeer hides, like that's like how you would. So, it. so do you go skiing and you bring your reindeer yeah, hide, reindeer you know, hide. stuff like that? Yeah. So we we love it, and it's actually up as soon as you walk in our house. It there's like a beam, and we hung it over the beam, oh. so it drapes down and. I quite like it. Yeah. And it's kind of a conversation piece whenever people come over. I was wondering so, if you're going to tell us, like, it's, I mean, is it like a floor covering or, you know, how do you use it? But I, I yeah, it, I mean, I guess it's a decoration. It. Cool. I did see that, like, they suggested some people like frame them in really nice frames. Um, or it is a rug, but full disclosure, I got this before we had a kid and we, we had it on like the floor in our office, but like in, in a section that we don't normally walk over. So it's not like we were tramping over it every time, but yeah. my cat found it and oh. used it as a litter box once. Oh no. <laughs> and we had no snow to throw it out in. So we're like, okay, it, it can't be on the floor anymore. So we cleaned it and um, we hung it up on the wall. So <laughs> that's where it is now. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and if I uh, had it on the floor too with my kid now, I'm sure it would just be gone in no time. So. But I do think it's pretty ridiculous. But I love telling people that we have a reindeer hide in the house. That is great. That's I just actually, I just try to send a picture. But I like yeah, you to the story. It's great. It's yeah, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> thank you guys for humoring me, and thank you to everybody else for tuning in to our favorite stuff from around the world episode. We hope that you had as much fun as we did. What do you guys think? Contact us on our social media channels where you can find photos of our adventures from around the world, interesting articles, and more. And also, if you're newer to our podcast, check out some of our older destination ones on Toronto, Portugal, Barcelona, and Copenhagen, just to name a few. And then, didn't we talk about that one of your favorites was the one about the women's travel? Oh, yeah, women travelers, yeah. Well, I think go check mm -hmm. that one out, too. Medis in Paris is the University of California, Irvine, Division of Continuing Education Production. If you need a career boost, looking to increase your workplace knowledge, or seeking a new profession, check them out at ce.uci.edu for their professional courses. Thanks again for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Bye.